all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. What's going on? What is going on? What's going on? To this world. To this world. Oh, yeah. What's going on with this world? What's happening to this world? That's not a question. That's just a repeat of something that has already been known as going on by myself. You know, what's going on in this world? Sin. Sin is going on in this world. This is Joseph Brownlee, your host of Body of Christ Real Talk. Joseph Brownlee, your host of Body of Christ Real Talk. Welcome to the show. Hello, my listeners, all my US of A listeners and all my international listeners. I'd like to say hello, hi, hola to Espanol, my other ones. That stalks in Spanish and Spanish. Hello, welcome. To my world, welcome to my world, welcome to Joseph Brownlee's Body of Christ Real Talk. Okay, without any further ado, I've been talking about a very important subject for the last night or so, or two days, two nights in a row that I have been uh, elaborating on something that's very important, a topic that I has been on my heart that I know I need to talk about. And I wanted to, it's not so much a need, but I wanted to get it out there, you know, off my chest and stuff like that. I even came to the, to the conclusion of naming that topic which is called we need to stop using our color for a curse. Let me say that again. As black people, black people, we need to stop using our color for a curse. Okay. Now for the newbies that's uh, just tuning in, uh, I've had uh, a special bulletin. I've I, I done a, a couple of episodes on that topic. And uh, if you want to hear that, just go back to the previous last few episodes that I have done. And uh, that would give you a breakdown what what I was talking about. Tonight, uh, I just want to go into... I'm going, this, is where, this will be the conclusion of that short series. It was not planned to be a series. I didn't plan it to be a series, but it was just so much information and, and, and so much 
you know, that I had to say and so much info that I was given or that, that was being revealed to me as I was talking. And if you are, you do any type of open, you know, ministry or you do any type of uh, open conversations or you just, whatever it is, whether it's on stage behind the pulpit, you know, in a big office or a group meeting or anything like that, you never really... You know, many people, you know, we never really go by our script if you have a script. And it's hard, even if you're doing a sermon, you know, most of the ministers does not hit the notes or go by the notes they have previously studied or written down. Okay. Now, myself, since I've been doing podcasting, I have not used really none existing no notes a few of them i have when i'm doing a deep study on a word study or anything like that or a certain topic or a certain thing i wanted more precisely broke break broken down and stuff like that i have used certain articles other people's articles and notes like that because it's very important for accuracy reasons but the majority of the time I like freestyle. The term freestyle is most like like a lot of rappers and a lot of people do. No, even some comedians, they got a freestyle where they don't plan. Now, some do. A lot of them do, but I'm just saying a lot of a lot of comedians, they can just come up with stuff, come up with stuff, you know, because they they usually do their comedic, they usually get their, uh, uh, their, their comedy, you know, uh, their comedy from just lifestyle or life. If I could just put it that way. So it's kind of somewhat easy for a comedian to come up with something or come up with a joke or and that's going to pertain to life or he'll talk about a certain, you know, situation or a certain people, a certain article, a certain movie or a certain lifestyle, but he use it as a parody. You know, they are gifted in their way. A lot of uh, uh, good comedians are gifted in their way. And ministers as well can do freestyle and just talk about things. Well, you know, one my point is, that's how I do the majority of my podcasts. I, I do not plan it. It just comes to my heart and then I just go with it. I just freestyle it. So that's why a lot of time I might, I might say this, I might say that. You know, I'll be thinking or whatever like that. And as I go, more information comes to me. And I just get to going from there. This, th- th- that's what happened with this topic. That's what happened with this topic, okay? About, uh, let's stop using our color, color as, as black people, black men and women, stop using our color as a curse, okay? Now, I went over yesterday the curse theory, the curse myth, because it is a myth about, you know, in the book of Genesis, Genesis 9 and 25, when the incident happened with uh, Noah and Ham walked into his, his, uh, his room or his tent and Noah was naked. And, and Ham seen it and most and just laughed or whatever like that. I guess it was a joke to him. And, you know, and that's kind of forbidden to see your parents and stuff naked like that. It didn't mention his wife. He just said Noah. You know, Ham seen Noah, you know, and the nude and naked. Japheth and uh, Shem and Japheth walked in, and walked in, and I'm paraphrasing, walked in and seen Ham not doing nothing, but they covered their dad, uh, Noah, up, you know. And, uh, you know, stuff like that, so his, his his naked body would not be showing anymore. But because of Ham done what he did, a study just covering his dad up, 
and stuff like that, you know, Noah cursed Ham's son. He didn't personally curse Ham. He cursed Ham's son, Canaan. Remember, I was going about that, you know. But there's some teaching out there by a lot of people, black and white. A lot of teaching out there that's teaching that uh, Ham was cursed. You know, Ham's curse and his descendants was cursed because, you know, that's what a formation of black people got. The, the pigment skin of his race was cursed by being black. You, it's, you know, you hear those stories sometimes from different ministers, from different teachers, and etc. You know, but I, I broke that down. You have to go back and just listen to it and everything because I'm trying to get further on what I'm trying to do. So you have to go back and listen to that. But that is a myth that does not happen. Matter of fact, the uh, Genesis in that uh, particular situation said nothing about color. Said nothing about color. You know, it just told you that uh, Ham's Ham's son Canaan would be cursed. And then it breaks down what's going to happen. You have to go back there and read it yourself. It breaks down, you know, how they're going to be cursed or where, et cetera, et cetera, and stuff like that, you know. Okay. My point is, there's a lot of teaching out there that's uh, really uh, geared towards the black race. The black race about that teaching and why come we are black and why come we are slaves or why should we why are we supposed to be slaves why we should always be in the struggle and trust God to get us out of it it's so you know some of us say things like that and a lot of people believe that okay but that ain't the reason I started this series I'm just using that as one of the issues and the problems of black people you know that we go through and that we struggle with, you know, from the baby boomers all the way up to uh, Generation X and up to the millennium, you know. I think the millennium is what we're in now. Those teachings and those type of things have uh, a certain effect on black people. You know, it has a certain effect on black people, you know. The different teachings, you know, for professors and colleges and where, where some of the black men and black women attended college, they, they get all kind of different teaching, teaching and uh, excerpts uh, or different type of lectures. That's what I want to say. Different type of lectures from different professors that some of them hold on to that type of uh, teaching and that type of literature and that type of ideology of black people you know the mormon church which i mentioned that before the mormon church will not allow black men to be a priest in their congregation because of that they went on that that a black man was cursed a black man was cursed his curse was not only for his, the pigment of his skin but him being a slave you know, far as that, you know, 
you know, part of the curse was black people being enslaved. And they believed that's why black people had to go through the things they did in Africa. That's why black people went through so much struggles and slavery, you know, in America and other areas. But I'm just speaking about Americans, you know, in America, American teachers and stuff like that. So there's been a lot of teachers. And I just, I really just dig this up and found out this myself. I didn't know it went that far. I knew it was something about it, but I didn't know it went that far. But what I'm finding out when I listen to black men and black women, when I listen to young and old, especially the young, you know, and uh, they have a certain thought pattern. They have a certain way that they think. But yeah, that's that's how things be sometimes, you know. I have to pause a little bit. I had to have to talk to someone, you know, as far as that. But what I'm going to talk about, and I'm gonna try to end it, you know, on this podcast. And one thing I I want to say to all my listeners, I want to always come up with, uh, not so much the problem with our young black people. And some of our, and a lot of our older black people, or just black people in general, you know, I just want to talk about other things, and I just want to, you know, let you know there's always hope, and there's always other alternatives and stuff like that, you know. And I just want everybody to understand that I don't try to put my people down. I love my race and everything like that, you know. I can talk about my race, and what I mean talk about it, not in a bad and negative way, I can speak on things about my race because I'm a black man and I was mostly, I most, most, the majority of my life I lived in the black neighborhood, not so much a ghetto or nothing like that, I never lived in a ghetto, well let me take that back, yes I have, but that's a story, you know, that was a struggle time, but you know, the majority of the time I lived in a pretty okay neighborhood, you know, wasn't rich, wasn't poor, it was somewhat all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions and it's because that occasional shave really hurts it's the time of year for big occasions and yet there he is suffering with that cheap drugstore razor let's help him out henson shavings line of razors built with aerospace precision deliver a smooth shave your dad brother and even son can enjoy eventually with replacement blades just 10 cents each you'll buy it once and they'll use it for life how's that for the perfect gift celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase and no subscription headaches hensonshaving.com slash holiday middle class but even in that environment when my parents brought me up pretty well and everything i have very good uh brothers and sisters you know the family you know the majority of the time we got along you know something nothing like that you know one led astray we all chose to do things you know, parts of my family, whatever like that, you know, I chose to drink, start drinking. I chose to start smoking pot. I chose to do other things to try angel dust. I chose to smoke a little hashish. I chose to snort a little chocolate tack because I never, never done cocaine, but I've done tack and boomerang and stuff like that. I chose to join a gang. You understand what I'm saying? And it had nothing to do with the upbringing of my parents or being parentless, whether it's a mother or a father. You follow what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? So I just want people to know that there always is a light under the tunnel, but it's all about choices. It's all about choices, okay? Now, 
what I was trying to say is when I, at the conclusion, I want to talk about solutions. <laughs> yes, there are solutions, you know, about for, or what the things that we go through. There are solutions, you know. So everything is not over. Everything is not doomsday. There are solutions and there is a victory through all the madness that, you know, we go through and everything, you know. So I want to touch on a few things first that disturbs me. And uh, I try to say to myself, okay, what's the best way to address some of these situations excuse me I'm walking around because I'm on the outside now and I'm by the 12th street beach and it's starting to drizzle and rain so I'm gonna go under a tent here because I'm in an area that is kind of drizzling now so I'm going to go under this tent and try to keep a little dry you know while I'm talking to you guys and it might be a little loud sounds or et cetera and stuff like that over here. But hopefully this drizzle won't be coming down long or this rain. It's not real hard, but it's 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 coming down enough to get to wait. Okay? It's also loud over here, so you know, we'll see. We will see. Okay. Well anyway. There are solutions. There is a solution for us. You know, there's many programs, you know, that the young people can go to. And because uh, people always say, well, they need more structure. They need more, you know, field houses. You know, I agree. They need more of this. They need more programs and different things like that. I agree with that. But in my situation, in my neighborhood, in a lot of other neighborhoods, there are a lot of no, not so much field houses anymore. I remember the field houses I, when I was younger. We had many field houses that we can go to. They had pools and parks. They had inside and outside gyms that we can go to. So that's you know that's a good point about the field house. The, the growing up, we had many things to do. We had the parks, outside parks. Like I said, we had the field houses. We had inside and outside pools. You know, and we took advantage of all of those recreational things that was around us. You know, at that time, a lot of us took advantage of those recreational things. I know I did. I participated. I never was a swimmer, but I participated in a lot of those recreational things that I grew up on in Morgan Park. You know, and mostly the neighborhood kids did, did at that time. You know, we even had... Um, <coughs> We even had Sunday schools, not Sunday schools, what they call that, the programs that you do in the summer. But they even had different types of church programs, you know, going on in the summer. You know, far as that, they have field trips. We went on field trips and everything. I went on church trips and stuff like that. So there was a lot of activities, recreational activities for the youngsters, me and a lot of other youngsters growing up in Morgan Park and Chicago, Illinois. Those were the ones that know what I'm talking about in Chicago, Illinois. So, you know. We had those type of things. We had the camps. We had all this type of stuff. So that that they that did help us, you know. So it's it's not like for myself. Like I did not have that type of help. 
growing up because there was a lot of help. There was a lot of uh, recreational centers and other things that I, I've done to keep myself busy, to keep myself get involved in other and other negative outside, you know, you know, outside things. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so I know that can be a help. That could be a good help. But as I got older, I started straddling away from that. The good teacher from my grandpapa, you know, stuff like that, being in church, I started straddling a little bit from that. And I still wind up being in the streets, therefore, and choosing to do the drugs, choosing to do the drinking, drinking, learning how to drink, let on down the line, you know, going to different situations where it was a lot of females and everything like that. You know, I still chose to do that negative thing because there was still, the temptation still overtook all the recreational activities, you know, and I'm talking about when I was growing up now. The temptation still was overwhelming, you know, so it was so overwhelming, it was hard to stay away from it there. Why? Because when you live in the hood, that's the norm, or we thought it was the norm, you know. It seemed like it was cooler sinning, <laughs> you know what I mean? It seemed like it was cooler sinning when you sin, you know, and that's how it is in a lot of neighborhoods or with a lot of people that's growing up and whatever like that, you know. My, my point is that it is a challenge. It's not easy. Even when you got those good recreations, you got a lot of church, you got a people bringing you up in church, they, they're reading the Bible to you, they're teaching you the right things, which all those things I had, and I still straddled. I still straddled. Thank God I it took years, but I came back, you know. Teach a child the way he should go, and he will not depart from that. That cannot be no more real. Now, everybody doesn't come back, you know, but most people do come back. I thank God that I was one of them that came back on my feet for all that teaching that I got from my dad and my grandpapa and, uh, you know, the recreational centers and, and the different activities and the different, you know, the school trips or the church trips and stuff like that. I still straddled away. But I did come back, you know. It took a while, but I did come back, you know, from that, you know. And this is where I'm at now. So there is hope for a lot of the youngsters, black men and black women out there, okay. But, you know, we have black people... And I'm not only saying black people are the only one, but black people have so many voices out there. They hear so many voices. You know, black men and black women. I want to I want to focus on the young black people because it's a very I have them in my heart. You know, you know they have so many voices out there that's telling them so much. It's just so much noise and so much stuff that's going on in their head. And for an exa- for example, when a black young youngster is growing up in a somewhat called ghetto, or even middle class like myself, or somewhat called the ghetto, they deal with getting taught, you know, 
A plus, one plus one is two and whatever like that. Well, I'm not talking about mathematics, but I'm just using that as a general. You know, about the birds and the bees and the good and the bad and everything like that. They get taught that. I didn't get taught that that much. I just, I, I just was taught not to do this, not to do this. This is bad. That ain't good. I mean, that ain't good. This is bad, whatever. It wasn't a general. My mom and dad never really sat down and talked about, you know, I don't even remember them saying they loved me or not, but at the same time, I knew they did. Let me say that again. Because your parents never really openly, verbally, which would be nice of saying they love you, you know, a lot. I'm not saying they never, does not mean that they don't. You, you understand what I'm saying? So I knew I was loved. I didn't hear it a lot, but I knew I was, knew I was loved by the, what they'd done for me. What they'd done for me. Had they, they kept me out of things. But like I said, I chose to do a lot of things myself, but I did come back because of that old teaching from my parents. But a lot of youngsters does not have that. I understand that. A lot of young black men and black women do, do not have that. They don't have that covering. They don't have that comforting. Some of them live in a one-parent home. Some of them live with their friends more than their parents. So, therefore, they get a lot of their teaching and the unbreaking from their fears. Uh, most of it in a negative way because they are in the hood. And a lot of the time, even some of the people in the hood or some of the, uh, their friends' families is not well-educated. The majority of them are, but you get that chunk that is not well-educated. What I mean by education is not so much school education, but just about other things that's outside the ghetto. That affects a child when all they know is the ghetto, all they know is the hood. It affected me. Okay? So that is an effect when all you know is the hood. You don't get out there. So all you know is the hood. And I think that's an issue and that's a very uh, problem with a lot of young men now. And a lot of young black women as well. Now let me go back to what I was just saying about those these many voices that uh, a lot of young black men and young, young ladies hear they, they, they hear voices at home, whether they're in a good home or they're in a somewhat middle class or even a poor home. They hear so many voices. They hear at home, whether some church, whether so the right and wrong and whatever, et cetera, et cetera, woo, 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 like that. Then they go to school. They hear different things about school, blah, blah, blah. They hear this teaching. They hear that teaching. Growing up, they hear so many different things. Then they go out in the streets. They might go to parties. They might go over to a friend house. So they're getting educated all kind of ways, left, right, center, and everything. We get educated so many things. And that the broadening of their knowledge is broadened, but it does not mean that it's broadened in a good way. It depends. So it, it, it all depends. You know, it could be a lot of junk or a lot of good advice that's coming to your head. Okay? The majority of my life, it almost kind of evened out. I believe I heard more good things, more helpful things, more uplifting things, and I think I was more disciplined growing up than a lot of others, okay? You know, that helped me out, you know. That didn't mean all the negativity and all the evil was still around me because I still wind up in it, you know, after all that teaching and all that good upbringing, education and everything. You know, like I said, my dad went through college and my mom didn't even go through the sixth grade, I believe. So I, I have both of those, the educated and the uneducated. You know, my mother, my mom just knew about 
cussing and telling you what not to do. She'll hit you with anything. Anything she picked up, you're going to get hit with it. <laughs> they will call it abuse today. The system today will call it abuse. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday it's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. that's zero atm fees zero balance requirements and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early open your account with just 25 dollars and see how big zero can be apply online today at penfed.org free checking early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding to receive any advertised product you must become a member of PenFed, insured by ncua But she was a good mom. She loved us. She kept us. She fed all of us very well. We wasn't wealthy, but we wasn't poor. We didn't have the best clothes, and that was a challenge of growing up. But we was well taken care of, okay? We was well taken care of. Okay. So what I'm just trying to say, you know, sometimes you can be a product of your own environment. Whether it's positive or negative, you are a product of your own environment. So it's a challenge for a lot of black youngsters. I'm not saying it's not a challenge for white people, but I'm just talking about black people for now. There is a challenge for a lot of youngsters, you know, as far as debts, okay? There is a challenge, all right? What uh, I want to say, and as they get older, as we get older... We run into a lot of things. Whereas some of us, most of a lot of black people is brought up in the church. Most of a lot, most of the black people and my, the generation next to my, my people, the people that I grew up with, my age group, and ones that's older or a little younger than me, a lot of us was brought up in the church and we was raised mostly by our grandparents. You know, we had pastors and ministers in our family, et cetera, like that. We grew up mostly in the church. That's why I say I was bred here reading the Bible. I was bred in hearing preachers. I was I grew up hearing ministers. I hope you can hear me well because it's a loud sound. You know, I hope I, it's not distracting, but I'm under here because it's raining. But, you know, I was brought up in that way, and a lot of people in my generation and age group mostly grew up as well in the church you know <clears throat> so I had a pretty good upbringing wise that it wasn't the best but it most definitely wasn't the worst you know but my upbringing I was I was taught enough I was disciplined enough to know better let me put it that way I was taught enough and disciplined enough to know better okay there's no doubt about that. My, my parents took care of us, you know, not so much financially. We got allowance. My daddy, my dad was a person that believed, and by example, that you have to earn what you do. You're going to earn your keep. So we had chores, but we just didn't have chores like today that you have to do a chore and they call it a day. We got allowance. Remember the allowance? Now, people that can... Re- 
that can relate, then we allowance means you got a paid, you know, every week, you know, far as that for what you done through the week. It was called an allowance. It was called an expense. So our dad always gave us a expense, a dollar, two dollars, and that was a beautiful thing. I mean, wow, that's when the money could stretch them, man. <laughs> but my dad gave us uh, something that was called an allowance. So we got money weekly and stuff like that, you know. As we got older, of course, we went our own way. Me and my brothers and sisters got our own jobs. But I believe unconsciously, even though it's probably unconscious of me, that's why I became so independent. I've always been an independent person. I always wanted my own, you know. You know, that's why I have an independent thinking type of mind. I do a lot of things independently, you know, far as that. So that's why I believe why the, I went out, out, I went to Job Corps. I was one of the first ones that the people that I hung I'm not going to say the first, but I'm talking about the people that I hung around growing up that got a job. I got a summer job before a lot of my friends. I don't even think that they really ever had a summer job. But I got a summer job. Why? Because I always wanted my own. And I, I thank my dad for that. Even though it was unconsciously, I didn't think about that at that time. Okay? So, even with all that, summer jobs, I went to a job training uh, program. I volunteered to do that myself. I was never told to do that, but I volunteered to do that. Why? It was always in me to better myself. Even with my struggles mentally growing up. Even with my struggles mentally growing up and my slow learner, because I consider myself a slow learner, I was a very slow learner. It took me a long time to learn how to tell time on a the clock. They didn't have digitals then. So it took me a long time to learn how to know which hand was what growing up. That was a mental struggle with me. My comprehension was slow, okay? Also, it took me a while to learn how to tie my own shoes. I just couldn't get it. I just cannot get it, you know. That's why I believe it's a possibility I might have had autism. There's a possibility, but it was never talked about what was my problem. I did not know that, you know, but I'm not trying to get into me. I always use me as an example. I'm going somewhere. I had a hard time tying my shoes. Therefore, you know, it was just, you know, I never got into a lot of sports because of fear. I was always a lot. I was mostly a closed-in person growing up. You know, what started that out, I don't know. But I was like always a closed-in person. I was an introvert. People back then called it shy. You know, you know. Some people might look at it as being weak, but people around me know I wasn't weak because I was. I had to temper that. It was just, you know, I grew up that way. Even that even affected my friendship. Most of my friends was very different and very strange. You know, we won the coolest and nothing like that. We was different. We were strange, you know, but they was my friends. We related to each other, you know, far as that. We grew up and we all went our own ways, okay? Now, my point is what I'm talking about now, the steps that I took as a young black man. The steps that I took as a young black man. That's what I went through, okay? But I want to say this. I never had an issue with a white person growing up. Matter of fact, you know, we had a white doctor. His name was Dr. Pedro. We knew a lot, quite a few, been a white people. So that's the beauty 
in my ashes, I never had that prejudice or racist thought in me uh, towards white people. I kind of enjoyed being around white people because they was just people. And I'm just being honest with, with myself. I never really had that struggle with white people. But I knew by ear what white people back then done to my race, black people. I knew that. That made me angry. That made me very angry. So what I heard about the the uh, the the meanness and the evilness of white people wasn't because they done it to me or none of the people in my neighborhood that I grew up with. I can say for sure, not for sure, but I believe the majority of them can tell you they never really had a problem with white people. Now I'm not saying all of them, you know. Uh, Morgan Park High School was mixed. It was black and white. But I didn't go to Morgan Park. I went to an all-black school. But my point is, I grew up exposed to a lot of white, you know, the white races or the Caucasian, whatever you want to call them. So I never had a struggle with that. Another thing I really never had a struggle with, and this is true, is my color. I didn't have a struggle being black. Even as I got older. Why? Because that was never embedded in me. That was never pushed on me. You know, the difference between black and white and hate and whatever like that. The only thing that was pushed on me somewhat in a way is get my education, make sure I go to school and blah, blah, and different things like that. So the black and white thing, I was never really taught, you know, the negativity how bad whites was. What I heard is from television and from different people. It was not in the house. It was not in the home. Not me. I'm not talking about my brothers and sisters. Maybe they have. Maybe mom and dad talked about them. But me, I never had that issue of sitting at the table talking about how bad the white man was or why you shouldn't trust the white man. Maybe that's why they had affected me growing up the way I am now. I just don't have no problem with that. I don't like the things that they've done. I hate a lot of things that they've done in the past. But to me, I always looked at it that it wasn't every white person. You know, it wasn't every white person that done that. Okay? It wasn't every white person. So I never had a problem of, you know, I never had a hate for white people because it didn't really affect me. Not thank God for that, like it affected a lot of people today or even people in my time. Now, compared to others, parents that had struggles. I don't know if my mom, I think my mom might have had more issues with white people than my dad. I don't know. I'm just speculating. I don't know. You know, I never talked to mom and dad about that, you know, but I think my mom probably was more hateful towards white people than my dad. That's another speculation. I don't know because we never talked about that. It wasn't important. It wasn't an issue. I'm not saying it didn't need to be learned or heard, but it was never an issue. An issue, we never talked about that. We as in me, you know, I'm just speaking of me, okay? I'm just speaking of me, you know? Reason I'm telling this because I want you, I want to get me out there first, and I'm going to compare it to others that make some different reasons why they do what they do. Now, I'm not, you can't compare apples with apples all the time, and you can't compare oranges with oranges all the time. There is a different way that we think sometimes, or the, of our upbringing makes a lot of difference. But a lot of people probably was, up, was brought up worse than me. So I respect that when I'm just talking about me and everything. So I never had that really exposure of how to hate white people. I seen the the specials that came on every year when it came to Black History Month, the Martin Luther King, you know, the Gwendolyn Brooks, you know, uh, Miss Jane Pittman. Those are moves I grew up watching. So that's the only thorn that I had about white people that I just did not like. 
you know. I wouldn't even call myself a racist toward white people, but I just didn't trust them a lot because of the things that I have done of what I seen on television. I wasn't taught that in school either. What I was taught in school was mostly a lot of evolution, but it was also the history of slavery of the black people. So they put a lot of emphasis on teaching about black people, you know, you know, different than even some of the books, the stories of John Henry and, you know, all those, the Gwendolyn Brooks, you know, uh, 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 Frederick Douglass, you know, like that, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King. I remember seeing those pictures of those black men lined up in elementary school. I remember that growing up very well. You know, I did pay attention to that if I didn't pay attention to anything else. But I remember that about black people. So I knew that about all that, the struggle that black people went through, I didn't understand why. It ain't like I didn't know what slavery was, but I did understand why, you know. But I didn't question it because it wasn't much of an interest to me. I'm just being honest like it is to a lot of people. It wasn't much of an interest. It didn't affect me that much, okay? You know? So... My problem and my struggles, what I went through, and I'm not talking about my mental struggles, my struggles that I went through and the reason I made a choice to get out to the world and gang bang and, and whatever like that and do the things that I do had nothing to do with white people. That's what I'm saying. It had nothing to do with white people. It, yeah, it had a lot to do with my environment, but I was mostly around black people. What I learned... It's not from a white man or white woman. What I learned is from my own race. I mimic the black people in my neighborhood. I mimic the people that I grew up with. Whether it was in church, whether it was in the hood, whether it was smoking and drinking, I didn't come out just saying I want to start drinking because I was taught better than that from my parents and my grandpa. But I still wind up doing it because of peer pressure and attention. Peer pressure as in nobody pressured me, but I wanted to be known. I wanted to be noticed. I wanted to be with the with the crowd, you know, files that, you know, files that, you know. So my negative influence was caused by the environment I decided to hang around with, which was my own race. Okay? My own color. I remember going to Beverly Hills in Chicago. Beverly We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Hills, Beverly Hills was back then. I don't know about it now because I haven't been there in years since I was little. It was more, mostly predominantly white people. And I looked at them as I was going to say we, but yeah, 
we did, the neighborhood, if you went to Beverly Hills, it always looked like Vegas or something. It looked beautiful. It looked like where the rich people hung out in. And when you're a young black man, you didn't go to Beverly Hills. You couldn't even really afford to live in Beverly Hills. If you lived in Beverly Hills, you was making some pretty good money and everything like that. So I always looked at Beverly Hills as the uppity white people areas and where they lived at. So it was a, uh, a movie theater called the Beverly Theater. I only went there probably maybe one time. I don't remember because the majority of the time when the hood people, us, ourselves, the theaters that we went to in Chicago and Morgan Park was mostly Rosalind. Rosalind or Normal or we went or Dad and Mom or Dad to take us to the drive-in on Halston. See? That was like a hood neighborhood, you know, thing. So the mostly of the people was around me was black. When I seen white people, I kind of looked at them, whatever, like that. They always seemed like they had more. There was no doubt. I always looked at them like they had more, you know, as far as that. I looked at this. I also looked at them back then, growing up, that they did have special privileges. I'm not, I never thought they was better than us or better than me, but I always thought they did have special privileges growing up because I seen it. I didn't see too many poor white people, and I know it was. You know, I didn't even see a lot of white people on drugs, but I knew they were, you know. Why? Because the majority of the people that uh, that had those type of devices or vices was most of the people I grew up with in my hood, okay? In my hood. You know, and I'm talking about as I was younger. When I got older, you know, I got more matured and every, I matured more and everything else. And I, I, I noticed a lot of other things like that. So, But I'm just talking about when Joseph, when I was growing up, you know, I was never coerced or never taught to hate white people. What I was only, the only things I heard about hating white people was mostly on television or from other people. You know, it didn't personally, personally, a white man never done nothing to me, you know, when I was that age that I know of. Now, this, I'm talking about what I know of, that I know of. Okay. So, that's my upbringing when it comes about around white people, you know, far as that. The stereotype of growing up was always a separation between blacks and whites. You know, there was always a separation. Growing up, I didn't have a, no white friends. None. Most of all my friends was black. The, the few friends that I had. I never had a whole lot of friends growing up. But the few that I had was black. I never had white friends. So therefore, I never, get, I never really got to learn how white people really were. I just knew what I was told that they was through television, whatever like that. Not from my parents. I just heard a lot of bad, negative things about them. Even the white women. I heard very negative, derogative things about the white women. I heard a lot of that, you know. It wasn't because I experienced it. It's just because I heard it, okay? It was just because I heard it. I heard about them, okay? So, I'm trying to be very real and upfront about me. The ones that's listening, you probably have that are black men or black women probably got your own stories. You probably had even better or you probably went through it with a lot of white people. I don't know. I just know I haven't. And I believe the majority of us that 
in my even my age group that hate white people today never had a personal confrontation towards the white people person for them to feel that way it was the environment they're around that made them hear them old movies they watched that had a strong influence on a lot of us black men and black women today not because they done something to you personally it's because you was taught that they was evil devils or they was mean or they you know that they was better than us so therefore when we grew up we felt that they were they had better privileges you know but I still did not have any hate for them. I just was in the middle on that. Let me just put it that way. I was just kind of in a gray area in the middle on that when, when, when it was growing up. I had a lot of bad attitudes and hate for my own race than white people. Why? Because those are the ones done me more, more damage was my own race. I don't know a lot of you can relate to that. Most of the damage was done to me and what I done to others was within my between my own race, black people, you know. It was my own race. So I, I couldn't blame white people for that. It was my own race. So I was very upset and angry with a lot of black people, okay? And I'm just being real. You know, so I can't blame the white people the way I was growing up. Why, you know, things that let me say this. Things that went on in the hood with the fighting and the different things like that, you know, uh, and you know, our own situations. And, you know, I remember the times that I broke in my own church. Yes, I did. I broke in my own church. <laughs> and me and my one of my best friends, bless his heart, he is gone. Now, I remember I broke in my own church, you know. As I got older, now I'm talking about older, now I was around 13 years old. I broke in my own church. And uh, the reason and the motive is important. Because the church I broke into is used to be called the church in the woods. My grandpapa was the pastor of their church. So uh, me and a good friend of mine, I'm not going to mention no names on here because I believe in confidentiality. We went and we used to go to this church. You know, I grew up in this church and my grandpapa was the pastor over, over a lot of neighborhood kids that I grew up with. And, make, you know, go a little further up. I remember break, we broke into the church by knocking the hinges up on the church and everything. We even built somewhat of a tree house behind that church. You know, behind that church, you know, far as that. I uh, done a lot of cutting school. I believe I cut more school than I, I, than I attended class. I, be, I thought I mentioned that before, though, because, you know, I was just closed in. My learning was slow, and I did not like school. I was, you know, that, that's, that was my mental struggle growing up. So I cut school a lot. I, I was scared to challenge myself then. So, But, but besides all that, we, we knocked the hinges up on the church and that's how we got in the church you know reason being now the reason why we done that because we wanted to take some females in the church I was a virgin I was a virgin for a long time we wanted to take some females in the church so one thing led to another I had a girlfriend back then her name was Veronica she was half white she was black but she she had a mixture of Indian and white in her as well beautiful young lady beautiful eyes her name was Veronica and uh, I was talking to Veronica then, about 13. I think she was one year older than me, 14. But I know I was 13 and other things. So that's the closest white girl that I've been to then, been close to then. White person, period, was Veronica. And she was black and white with Indian. Her dad, okay, her dad was white. And her mom was, what, 
black mixed with Indian. I think that's it. I might be wrong. But her dad was fully white. And her mom was a black woman mixed with Indian. Um, usually, you know, we had a lot of Cherokees growing up around there because my family is Cherokee. My mom is Cherokee. We have a lot of Cherokee roots, you know, features and stuff like that. But she had, she was a black woman mixed with Cherokee and her dad was a full Caucasian and everything. He didn't allow a lot of guys coming over there. I'm not, I don't even know how he felt about, I can't say he didn't like black people, but he could because he was married to a, a half black and a half uh, Indian woman. So, but I don't know, I don't know his, his, his prejudice or the way he felt about black people. I just knew you had to they got to the point that I was one of the, maybe one of the first ones that was allowed to go over their house because I treated her very well and I really liked it, this young lady. At least I thought I did. It was more like puppy love. <laughs> but anyway, that's the closest I've been to close to a white person then. My point is all those things I grew up in before that then we got into gang banging, we got into drinking and stuff like that. It was because of my neighborhood. It had nothing to do with the white man then, you know. It had nothing to do with the white man, you know, far as that. I didn't even focus at it a lot. I just know I had an attraction for white ladies. So, Joe, you went there. Yes, I did growing up. You know, I didn't know no better. Why did I have an attraction to white women? Now, this is something I have never talked about. Because I want to let everybody know, and I want to be transparent with everybody, you know. I just had an attraction for white men. I just felt they was more beautiful. I just looked at their skin, and I just felt their way. I did not know no better. It was just like a jewel to me to be with a Caucasian woman. You know, men and a lot of my neighborhood guys was like that. Why? I believe it had to do because we never got out of the neighborhood. All we seen was black women. All we heard about is white women. So it wasn't not because the white ones is better than the black woman. No, no. It was just that. It was just almost like, man, you, you, you see a white woman and you get attracted to a white woman because you've never seen a white woman before or close up, you know, far as that, you know. And there was other reasons why we done that, too. But that's another story. My point is, I grew out of that now, so, you know, but I did have a deep attraction for white women, you know. You know, you can talk about me all you want. I did. I didn't know no better, you know. And I'm not saying white people, women is evil and nothing like that. I'm the type, I can date any race. It doesn't matter. People might not like that. They have their choice and their preferences. That's you, but I can date any type of, I don't care where you're from, you know, as long as you you, you have the features and, and you have the personality that I like. I don't care if you're white. I don't care if you're, you know, you're, you're, you're Chinese or Asian or, you know, Latino. And I got a beautiful Latino name from Colombia, Cali, Colombia. Cristino Nemo Fu. My fiance, now she's from Colombia, you know. But yeah, I go get in. She's a beautiful young lady. She's from Colombia, you know. But black men is okay to feel free to date uh, other races. Races. Put emphasis on races. That person that each side, each ethnicity refuses to date, let me tell you something. You are no better and you are no lesser. Black man, white man, white man, black man white woman, black woman, you are no different. Why? Because we all are one race. I know you know, I know you probably heard that before. Whether you believe it or not, that's the truth. We all are one race. Okay? So, 
the only difference in a lot of us, and this I think it's about two percent difference, is usually is mainly the tone of our skin. The tone color of our skin. You understand what I'm saying? The tone color of our skin. That's what makes us so different. We might have certain structures in the nose and lips and stuff like that. That's part of our DNA, but we are still one race. I'm going to do a study on the races, how the races involved, or how the ethnicity groups or the people groups is, is the correct way to talk about the so-called race. The, that race thing came from Charles, came from Darwin, the evolutionist Darwin, brought that race name in it. Did you know that? Yes. I'm going to do a study on that, you know. You know, I'm going to do a study on that. So the term race did not come from the Bible. For as far as different people, only way, only time the Bible used race, not only time, but when the Bible talks about race, the Bible was talking, he's talking about the human race, okay, the human race, okay, he's talking about the human race. Now, all this has got something to do with color, you know, let's get off this color, calling our color a curse. He was talking about the Bible talks about the human race, okay. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday there's only one road into key west but you won't believe where it can take you travel back in time to a city rich with history discover amazing artists and musicians taste seafood fresh off the boat or just kick back and soak up the island vibe for more about key west visit flakeys.com key west close to perfect far from normal let me get back to the story. See, I didn't know all that then. I didn't know all that then. A lot of stuff I'm finding out even now because I research. I be always want to research the truth, whether it hurts or not. Whether it hurts or not, it's good to know the truth. I can't let pride get away from the truth because I cannot grow. I cannot grow. No matter how it hurts, I grow when I accept what things were. You, if it's something you cannot change, when it comes to the truth, you're going to die in anger and hurt of something you cannot change anyway. Some truth cannot be changed no matter how many people said it's a lie. And some truths will never be changed because people want to make it a lie and vice versa. You can't turn a lie into truth. You cannot change that. See? My mind is everywhere right now because I'm learning so much as I speak. Remember when I say when I speak, I believe the Holy Spirit gives me just more. And I just, you know, and it makes me want to search and search more about different things like that. That's why when I talk about things, I decide I have to do a study. And then when I learn it, I want to get it out there to my listeners and one-on-one or whatever like that. Well, anyway, you know, I've done all that growing up. The, the point is, none of that... All those things I've done, the game banging, 
the drugs, you know, the breaking in houses. I broke in a house before with somebody. I was terrified like I don't know what. And the house we broke in was a pastor's house. Was a pastor's house. I broke in houses and stuff like that. You know, none of that had to do with white people. It was always the black people and my hood and who I was around. So most of my damage physically and mentally is from my own ethnicity group, black people. And the majority of even the youngsters today, most of their struggles and all their anger they got now, is it from white people or is it from the black people that you're around that's saying this to white people? You, you, you follow what I'm saying? I'm not saying the white people perfect. They far from that. I'm not saying the white people don't got no issues. They, it's far from that. I'm not saying it's not evil in white people. Yes, it is. It's evil in all the ethnicities. It's some evil. Okay? But my point is, what is truly, if you dig down, the real reason why we blame everything on the white man? White man, as in right, white woman as well. Why? You ever thought about that? What did that come from? Where, what really, if you do your own due diligence and you do your own digging, you will find out the truth if you really want to know the truth. But most of us black men and women do not. Do not. That's just true in itself. Most of us black men and women do not want to know the real truth. And that's the truth in itself. Most of us don't. We're afraid to know the truth. Because it's not part of the status quo. It's not the norm. That's one of the issues, just one of the issues that a lot of us black people have now as the black race, whether you want to call yourself African American or whatever, but I'm just going to say the black race is we're afraid to know the truth. Not only about white people, but about ourselves. And that's an issue in itself. <sighs> people, black men, black women, let me, let me tell you something. You probably never even heard this before, but I ain't talking about the ones that know it all. I'm talking about the ones that don't know. Most of what you was taught in history about slavery is a lie. Now, listen to what I'm saying closely. I'm not saying there wasn't no slavery. Don't, don't get me wrong. No, I'm talking about the slavery in Africa. Then I'm getting into America. Most of what we was taught was not the truth. It was a lie. I have books in history on that. Most of it was not was a lie. Okay. I'm going to get into that some other time. Most of the history that was talked about slavery is a lie. See, that type of truth hurts. He said, man, ain't no way, blah, 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 because I know they got different things out. They also got a movie called 1619 and different things like that. You have different sides of people saying different things about slavery or whatever like that, okay? You know, but it's true. But I'm not going to even get on that now because it's too much information. It'll take me about a couple of weeks to really want to break down, you know, 
situations about black history, the real black history, what really happened in the real black history. I can have different audio guests and different things like that. You can look this stuff up yourself and find out the real truth of black history, okay? All right. Now, what I want to talk about now, what I want to talk about now is the religious upbringing of black people. The religious upbringing of the black man and the black woman. I want to uh, talk about that. Okay, where are my glasses at? I can't find my... Oh, there they go. I want to talk about that. Most of black people and black families growing up in priests after slavery in a different homes in the 60s and the 70s was predominantly a man and a white family. There was a black man and a black woman that lived in that house. There was a fully functional house and all the black families, men and women, wasn't really dirt poor. A lot of them were because they was they was limited. They couldn't do they was they was they was stopped from having such education and different things like that. Now all of that is true. You know, but there was predominantly most black families had a man and a woman, a husband and wife in their home. Not like today. Oh, a lot of single moms and a lot of single dads. But it was mostly predominantly a lot of uh, man. Uh, uh, okay, in my neighborhood, most of the houses and the friends I hung around, their mom and dad was there. Their mom and dad was there. Their family ate at the table. Their family, you know, it wasn't a lot of going out to eat because food was cooked at home. Food was more wholesome. It was more cleaner then than what it is now. You know, the, most of the black family had a mom and dad, you know, and they ate at home, including my family, including my neighbors. Mom and dad was there. I very seldomly remember a family that only had one parent. That was a strong structure for black people of family stand together. Mom and dad went through a lot. Though they went through a lot of it, everything. I didn't say they was perfect or there wasn't no messing around, but they hung together. It was a still a two-parent home in the 60s and 70s. Most of the homes was two-parent homes. It wasn't under that single stuff. They had structures. They had rules. A lot of them went to church. A lot of them grew up in church. They had structure. They had rules. Many decent black people. Many decent black men and women. It's a lot of great stories about black men and women. Overwhelmingly fantastic stories. Incredible stories. Through the struggles and through, you know, the strengths. You know, far as that. But there was two parent homes back in the 60s and the 70s, okay? You know, I, like I said, and you probably can relate to that as being a black man, you know, or a black woman. That most of the parents growing up, if I'm 57, I'll be Lord's willing 58, June the 3rd. I'll be 58 years old. I'm talking about to, I'm talking to the ones that's a little younger or a little older than me, from 60 some on up. We all seen the same things. The years does not stretch out far from those age, you know, from 58 
from, you know, 51, 52, we all seen mostly the same things because the age is not too much of a difference. It's not spreaded out like 10, 20, or 15 years apart. So I'm talking about that era. You know, that era, we seen a lot of families together. I'm not saying every family, so don't, don't, don't say I'm saying that. I'm talking about most of the families were two parent homes, man and woman, two parent homes, okay? Most of the families, two parent homes. I'm going to have to do another one on this, so I'm, I'm running short on my time, a time constraint, so I'm going to have to do, go to a, this is going to take a few segments, so just bear with me, because I want to really get things out here, you know, because this is a big issue. My point is, my point is, the root, we want to find out what's the root of our, the true root of our struggles as black people. I'm not talking about the past. We know what the we know what the struggle was in the past, in Africa, you know, in slavery and whatever like that. We, we know so well, some of the things we don't know because we was taught that you know American white men was a was the first ones that kept black that that bought black people kept them enslaved. But that's not true. It wasn't white men. Did you know? That slaves, black men, was enslaved by black men, even in Africa. You still had that today. Black men was enslaved, and women was enslaved by black men before the other countries like Spain or whatever came over there. America was last when they bought it. It wasn't America. Spain started the slavery with black men. You know, this is another thing you don't, probably don't know. Many Spanish people had black slaves. They did not like black people. So it did not start with the Caucasian or the white man. It was a lot of Spaniards that bought black people before the white people purchased black people. That takes a whole another study in itself. I don't know if you've even heard that, but that is true. You know, you know, <coughs> the white man black, 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 buying black people came later. That, that, that came later and everything. So remember, Blacks enslaved themselves. Blacks enslaved themselves before any other race. Way before the white man enslaved them. Blacks was enslaving whites. Okay, this is another thing I want to tell you. All slavery was not evil. People, all slaves was not treated wrong. You know, they was not beaten and whipped and stuff like that, like like a lot of the black men and a lot of the other slaves was. All of them was not treated wrong. Slavery was like you having, now don't get me wrong when I say this, you having just a helper or a maid or whatever like that. It was like a servant that helped you out and do things. You know, they, they, they used a lot of slaves in that way. So slavery was not a negative, negative, negative thing. That's why a lot of other countries w wasn't trying to abolish slavery. Only America was. Only America was, was trying to abolish and stop slavery. It wasn't other countries because that was the norm in other countries. You know, you had your good slave owners. The Bible talks about the slave owners, how to treat their slaves. In a, when you are Christian, God did not condemn them from being a, a, a master. The servant determined the, the definition of servant is slave or vice versa. You know, it's slave. It, it, it's a it's a very derogative 
connotation on slavery because the way we taught what slavery mean. It always spelled out abuse, especially when it came to the black race. You know, because we don't know a lot. We didn't know a lot about the other or the true definition of slavery or other people being enslaved. You know, slavery was people was being and slavery been around way before black people was in slavery. So slavery is not nothing new. You had a lot of evil, bad slavery. People did get abused. It's not so much. It's never going to be a lot of good things coming out of slavery, but there was a lot of good masters, so-called masters or whatever like that, and slavery even, and, you know, coming out of Africa when they came to the Americas, you know. I don't know if you knew that. So, even the word slavery come from, a, 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 I forgot that term, it used to call them Slavo. So, they, it used to be Slavo, but it was change to slavery. You know, Thomas Sowell, if you ever heard of Thomas Sowell, look at him. A man that's a head of knowledge. He would tell you a lot of things about the breakdown of the true the true history of black slavery. Look up Thomas Sowell. Thomas Sowell. He will give you a history of the true breakdown of slavery. Okay? There's also a lot of other teachers that breaks, uh, break it down. A lot of great you know, great black men that a lot of the people that call themselves in the hood only know certain leaders, you know, that was out there. They don't know nothing about I can ask a lot of a black young men, even some older men. You ever heard of Thomas Sowell? You ever heard of Larry Elder? You ever heard of this? Some of them don't even know too much about Ben Carson. And some of them even hate Ben Carson just because he was with the Republican Party and was under Trump. Ain't that crazy? Black men, black people. Black people. Black people. I was talking to this person the other day. You know. And I was saying, because I was telling people, whether you vote or not, I don't get into too much of that no more, but whether you vote or not, whether you vote or not, what do you vote for? What is your motive? Because I'm always talking about motive. What is your motive? Why do you vote? If you vote for a person because of their party only, you're going to be let down. You're going to be deceived. Number two, if you vote for a person because of their color only, and I'm speaking in a black man or white man, for their color only, you're going to be deceived. Okay? This is the way you should vote for anybody. But when it comes to politics, black men, black women, and I'm just, you know, this is just a recommendation if you vote. I don't care if you do or not, you know. Vote for a person based on their policies, whether they fulfill it or not, you know. Because a lot of them don't. A lot of them don't. Vote for a person on their policies. Not only in politics, but school boards, aldermen's, well, that's, that's politics right there, or on, uh, you know, little groups that you're trying to start something, vote on policies, not the party, okay? Not the party. Vote on policies, please. And I had to explain that to the person. That's the way I see, you know, he was talking about they got into Trump, you know, and he was saying, I, and I asked him, 
because we was getting on that conversation, we was talking about a lot of things. And I said, uh, and I said, let me ask you, why you wouldn't vote for Trump? And what I knew he was going to say, because the majority of the black men and a lot of uh, Latinos say the same thing. And I knew it was coming. Say the same thing because of his his character, <laughs> his way. He didn't say that, but because of his ways and, and the way he talked about people and put women down, that they, they was told that anyway. They don't have no proof of that, but somebody told them that, I believe. You know, blah, blah, blah. It was all about his personality. Majority of the people I believe I talk talk to Trump about is never about his policies. It's about his personality. Now, his personality, a lot of them say is bad. It's true. Trump always been cocky. Trump always had a mouth. Trump messed around with a lot of women. Anybody that was the owner of the beauty pageant, you know he messed around with a lot of women. That's no doubt. So he ain't squeaky clean. But I can tell you one thing, you know, I really believe he loved America. I still do love America. You know, far as that. So, but my point is, they they voted. They do. They wouldn't vote for Trump based because of his character. It wasn't his policies. Then, at the same time, you know, you say, "Why you vote for Obama?" That's easy. You know, a lot of them would they would make up things, but it was the majority of the black people voted for Obama because of one thing. Ninety some percent of people, I believe, vote. I might be wrong. Voted for Obama because he was black. I'm talking about black people now because he was black. They had no idea about his policies. Only what he said he will do. Only what he said he will do. But the majority of the black people voted for Obama because he was black. They had no idea. They didn't know him too much, you know, about his policy. They just knew what he said he was going to do. They was caught up in that emotion. They was caught up in the first black president, which is a very beautiful thing, even though he's not fully black. He's mixed with white. Uh, but that's another story. But they only seen the blackness of Obama. So they voted for Obama. They ignored the white part because they, he was dark. Color. Remember, I talked about color. Remember, I talked. Remember, I talked about color. And I'm gonna get into that color, color. And then I'm gonna let you go, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna do another because there's so much I want to talk about. This is very important. This is very important. I do a lot. I'm doing a lot of study, and I'm finding these things out. This is very important. Obama was voted in office by a predominantly strong blacks and Latinos. And a lot of whites voted for him because they want to appease the black people. I'm going to talk about guilt trip, whites and their guilt trip, you know, doing things because guiltiness. Oh, I hate that. But anyway, they voted for Obama because he was black. A lot of them do, do, still today, not, not, you know, still today don't know his mother was white. They know about his dad a little bit, but they don't know his mother was white. That's never really talked about. Not even in the media, mainstream media, nothing that his mother was white. I, I, I forget where she was from. But she was a white woman. Lily White. But you only know about the black side of Obama because his, the, Obama, Obama is brown skinned. His pigment skin color is brown. Okay? So he looks more black. He looks more black. You know? Remember I was saying... The reason this so-called race thing, why people hate another race, let's, let's exclude the evil or I'm not talking about the same people going up against each other because of political reasons. When it comes to black and white, because remember I'm talking about America, when it comes to black and white racism, 
Most people hate each other's race when it comes to black and white. It's because of the tone of their skin color. I'm going to get a little deeper in that. Because they was taught that way. Okay? White people. You have white people, not in general white people. So always remember, I'm talking about all white people. You have white people, or the Caucasian, or whatever you want to call them, back in the day, heydays, you know, in the 60s and the 70s and all that stuff. A lot of them hated black people because what they was taught. It wasn't because of what black people done to them, because black people never done nothing to them for them to hate them like that. They were just taught that black people was coons, black people was gorillas, black people was lower than them, black people was supposed to be slaves according to Ham. Someone was taught that way. The curse of Ham, black people, uh, color is cursed, black is cursed. Their color and they was cursed to be slaves, all myth, all filthy lies. A lot of them was taught that. So a lot of them was taught that. They didn't know no better. They didn't know no better. That's why it was easy to form the Ku Klux Klan and stuff like that. They did not know no better. They was taught that. One, a black person never done nothing to the white man for the white man to hate him. No, to hate him like he hate him. The reason the white man back then hated the black man is because of his black skin. And he was taught that black men was dogs. They wasn't no good. They was cursed. And God don't mind because they cursed anyway. Now I'm just adding that to that. Okay, let's get that out the way first. The real reason. The real reason. Okay, now let's talk about black people. Let's talk about the black man. Why I believe the majority that has a hate towards white people. <coughs> now, let me let me let me put a split here. There is some legitimate reasons. I'm not I'm not condoning it. Why black people hate? Uh, why black people hate white people? I'm talking about the ones that went through it with black people or their ancestors went through it with white people or Caucasian or whatever. They went through it. They felt the sting of what white people done to them. Now, I'm excluding them. You know, I give them a little, I give them some hair where I give them some play because they did go through it. Some of those scars is hard to heal. Some of them will never heal. I, I get that. Some of them will never heal. I get that. I would never argue with them. They're really hurt. I just, I'm concerned about their hate because their hate is going to hurt them, you know. But they hate white people because what happened to their ancestors or somebody in their family in the past or personally happened to them back in those days. I'm not talking about because a white man called you a nigger today or whatever like that. That's no reason I hate all white people because one white person or two white people called you a nigger. You can't say all of them like that. That's No, that's a cop-out. The minute a white person, well, because the minute a white person say a black man is a black man is a thief. All blacks are gangsters. All blacks look like this. You will call them racist. Most of them will not call you racist. You will call them racist because you just stereotyped them. They stereotyped you, you know, in other words. You angry now, so they're racist because a few of them stereotyped you that way. Now, it's all wrong. They called you a nigger. And I'm talking about in this time now, so they stere you stereotyped all white people. All. I hate that term when people say all. All. I hate that. Some of them do it out of ignorance, but some of people really think on both sides that all, that, that race 
is no good, even though they never even met everybody. You ain't never met every white person. You ain't even give you a chance to. You work with a lot of white, pe- white people. Some of those black men and women laugh all in their face, suck up to them, and still talk about them. Now, who's been a hypocrite? You, you don't hate them that much. You hang out with them. Some of you sleep with them. Men and women, you sleep with them. You don't hate them that much. Some of them got attraction to white people, but they don't want nobody to know that. <laughs> you want nobody to know that because that's not the norm for a lot of black people to have an attraction for a, a white woman. They're gonna have attraction for other other internationals, but white people know that you still got people that think like that today. But anyway, the majority of the racism today is based on color, not the content of a person's character on both sides. So black, a lot of black people hate white people, and it, you know it had, it got nothing to do with what white people done to them personally, and vice versa. Because the white man never done nothing to you personally. You going back your past. So your struggle, your hurt, your victimhood that you got yourself in, you're cursing yourself. That's why I call them stop using your color as your curse. You're putting a curse on yourself for something that happened in the past. So you're mad at every white man. You're mad at every white man. Okay, black man, same as white man. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday when you save on auto insurance for driving safe with usaa safe pilot you'll feel like a big deal even in a traffic jam save up to 30 percent with usaa safe pilot restrictions apply see but the only difference between the white man and the black people never done nothing to you you were just taught that black people was lower you was told that black, black people was cursed. Some of you was. Not all of you. Black people was cursed. You was told that black people was like dogs, you know, and you was a better type. You was a better species of people than black people, or you might say race. Not knowing all this time in the eyes of God, we all are family. We all are one race. No matter whether you accept that or not, we all are one race. That's hard to swallow, but you can't change the truth to the lie. You can't change the truth to the lie. But they are being very successful in that by keeping the focus on the word race. Racism. Race. Racism. Look up those words, racism. Race, 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 race. Everything's racist. Everything is racist. They make up term terminations for terminologies for racism. Racism now. And a lot of them know the truth. But most of it become is political now. They know a lot of it is garbage what they're saying. They know the truth, but it doesn't get points, see. It's all political. I know I got away from the religious part, but I have to stop right here because I'm going all about it. I'm sorry about that. I'm going to stop right here, but I want you all to just swallow in what I have been saying, okay? I hope you keep up with this series because I want you to write notes down. I want you to think about it. And I want to really coerce you to do your research, search for some truth. Certain things, I'm going to tell you this now, because it's an agenda to keep black men from the truth. 
and women. There's an agenda to keep us black people from knowing the truth. So therefore, you're not going to get it from the mainstream media. And most of the time, you're not going to get it from PBS. You're not going to get it from that because they have a liberal way of looking at things. There's two, not more than two different ways, but you can have a group of people, black people, going to a church. They worship in the same God. You know, blah, blah, blah. They have certain rules within the church. But some reason when it comes to politics, blacks lean towards more, they lean more towards Democrats. I'm going to talk about that, you know. They lean more towards Democrats. That's just a factual truth. Why? Because they've been told a lie about the Republican Party was all racist. Okay? Because when they, they was taught and damaged, we was damaged so much, I'm going to say we. When we hear the word Republican, we, 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 what picture come to your mind? White, rich, devils, white people. When you hear the word, and you got to be honest, when Republican come to your mind, policies don't come to your mind. White people do. White people come to your mind. Now, be honest, <laughs> be honest. Growing up, I don't know more because I know now. You know, and others, a lot of other people, but I'm trying to help you to just open that up. When Republican come to your mind, what comes to your man, mind, black man, black woman? White. All Republicans are white. Mostly, mostly all the Democrats are black. Why? Because you was taught that way. It's not because you found this out yourself. It's not because that's just the way it is and always been. No, it isn't. Now, talk about politics now. In the church, you have two different type of thought patterns when it comes to blacks. I'm not talking about the Caucasian now or whites. When it comes to blacks, okay? And the church. I know I've been talking a long time, but I hope this helps you. You have a liberal type of thinking and view, and you have a conservative type of view in the same church of black people. See? A liberal type of view and a conservative type of view. Conservative type of view, they're more stronger on family values. They're more stronger on a marriage between a man and a woman. I'm talking about black people now. Most black people like that don't even know it. They still vote for a Democrat. That's strange. Uh, uh, a marriage between a man and a woman. Most conservatives believe that and the arms, they, 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 is okay. They believe in the First and Second Amendment. The ability to hold arms. And arms mean having your own gun protection like that. That was the forefathers that people call them. I don't call them that no more. But I'm talking about the founders of the Constitution. They wrote these laws down. Most conservatives, not Republicans, most conservatives believe in the Constitutional. The Constitution is just a copy or they're mimicking a lot of things pertaining to the Bible. So most conservatives, I'm not saying they're saved, I'm not saying they're Christians. I'm just saying they believe in the morals in the Constitution. They believe in stronger borders. I'm helping you out now. Most conservatives believe in, uh, most conservatives, conservatives are on the Republican side. They believe in borders, stronger borders. They believe in you having capitalism, which they believe in exchanging 
your good that you build yourself for monies, monetary money. They believe in capitalism of you building your own business, having your own. They believe in education as well, but they go beyond just having education. They believe in you having your own building, you having your own structure, you having your own business. Now, I'm talking about conservatives now. That's what mostly conservatives, black conservatives believe in, but they are black people. Mostly black conservatives believe in color, color. These are black conservatives, okay? These are some of the things that they believe in. They believe in freedom of speech. You know, these are conservative views. They believe in God. They believe in Jesus. Most of them believe in the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You know, some of them believe that, not all of them. But they believe in them more because they don't understand that. You know, they're not real, all of them not real deeply and bred it and rightly divided in doctrine. So I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about the morals of conservative. Conservative mean conserving. They mean conserve. You believe in conserving things. You believe in building on things. That's what most conservative, that conservative mean conserving. Look up the definition. Just look up these definitions, which you can explain it better, okay? I'm not just making up stuff, you know? That's what a lot of conservatives believe in that, you know? They believe in strong military. Reason being to protect our own country, so they believe in having a strong military, okay? These are policies. These are policies on a Republican conservative side. Not all Republicans, because you got moderate Republicans, and you got uh, even progressive Republicans. Or, But I'm just talking about black men being a conservative, and white men. But I'm talking about black men, because this is about black people. This is about color, so, okay? These are the same, these are black people. I told you about some of the things that mostly the conservatives conservatives stand for and believe in. Okay? They are pro-life. They're against abortions. So conservatives are against abortions. They are pro-life. They're against same-sex marriage. Conservatives are against man marrying a man, and they are against woman marrying a woman. They believe and a man and a woman should be married. That's part of the conservative. So the majority of the conservatives' belief is from based off the morals and the word of God, the Bible. That's conservatism. I'm not saying they're Christians, but they know the morals of the Bible go a long way. That's conservative. Now, liberal. Most liberals are on the Democratic side. See? Most liberals. You got the old traditional liberals and whatever like that. Okay? Most liberals believe and not... I'm going to say a basic liberal believe in pro-choice. Pro-choice meaning you have the right to abort a baby or whatever like that. A woman's is control of her body. She should abort a baby, whether the baby is sick or not. If she just want to decide to abort the baby, she feel a woman have that right to abort that baby. And she does, you know, and she does have that right to abort that baby. But they believe, they believe most, most Democrats and most liberals believe that a woman should be able to abort the baby anytime. It doesn't have, it doesn't, whether it's financially or whatever like that, they can be wealthy, but it's okay to abort the baby because it's a choice. Okay. Okay. You understand that? A lot of most liberals believe in socialism. There's a long stretch, and when it comes to socialism, a lot of liberals believe in socialism. 
I know this is going on a long time, but I'm trying to teach us something. Socialism. Socialism means they believe everybody sharing the same thing. They said they got this from the Bible, from the book of Acts, but they just they warped it a little bit. You know, you wouldn't know that. They believe everybody should uh, measure out the same way. Everybody should share. There should nobody be poor. There should be nobody. Everybody should share. Everybody should have the same way of living. So they believe in social unity, socializing, getting together. Now, a lot of that is not bad, but when it's warped, that becomes a problem because socialism, socialism was never really successful in other countries. You can see that in Venezuela and a lot of poor countries. They're trying to make America socialist now, but I'm just talking about socialism. Liberals and Democrats believe in socialism. Democrats and liberals also believe in same-sex marriage. They're very strong on same-sex marriage. They believe it's okay for a man to marry a man and a woman to marry a woman. Okay? Liberals and Democrats believe in a strong welfare. They believe that the government should take care of the people. Compared to the conservatives, Republicans believe that we the people are more stronger than the government. Therefore, we take care of ourselves. They believe the government got its place. The government ain't got no business in our pockets and in our life. But the, the liberal believes in big government. In other words, the conservatives, Republicans believe in small government. You don't understand what I'm saying? So they, that's why a lot of mostly the Democrats and the liberal positions are big government, welfare, free stuff, and whatever like that. People, most blacks... That plays into the hands of politics when it comes to Democrats. That's why part of the majority of black people vote Democratic because the free stuff, because of the social programs. You know, they look at it in that way, that the housing programs and everything. They saying the Democrats the only one do that. The Democrats only want to help us in housing, whatever like that. You have different things, like Section A, low income and stuff like that. All of that is from the Democratic Party. Did you know that? That's not from the Republican Party. Republican believe that you strapping up yourself and building your own business and not dependent on the gov not dependent on the government, which the government is not supposed to be doing that for you. See? Now military wise and stuff like that, yes, that's the government jobs, you know. But the people are the ones that are supposed to be controlling the government, not the control not the government controlling the people. So that's part of the Democratic Party. I'm not saying everything on the Democratic Party is bad, but when you go that route, you're looking for disasters because every socialist country, and I mean all of them, always failed in socialism compared to capitalism, which is the conservative Republican side. The issue with that is when you look at both sides. Okay, what else did I miss? You know, I talked about different things like that. Uh... Uh, I talked about Democrats and liberals are pro-choice, abortions, and different things like that. <clears throat> now, when it comes to religion and when it comes to the Bible, you know, the Bibles that's been used by both is probably another translation. But the point is, the the uh, the liberals are are always going to water down the Bible. You're not going to hear them talk about hell and you know too much right there. But they'll talk about heaven. And stuff like that, but they're not going to get into hell. They didn't want that, you know, when it comes to religion. So their faith is more based on what they believe in the Bible is they believe in a social venue. 
We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. To those who visit Mickey D's for their favorite breakfast item and then go somewhere else for coffee, give this Mickey D's brew a second chance. The glow up was real. Try any size iced coffee brewed with 100% Arabica beans for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with a savory sausage McMuffin with egg for $2.79. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Of the Bible, you know, book of action, whatever like that. They believe in the giving parts and the loving parts and the social aspects of the Bible, which is not a bad thing, but they dwell on that. They don't dwell on the discipline of God. They don't dwell on the holiness of God. You know, they don't dwell on that. Thou shalt not do this. They don't want to get into that because if they know they got into that, they'd be breaking a lot of rules and it's, and it's against their status quo. The conservative sides try to stand on that morals of God. They believe in st- strong morals. They believe in this and whatever and certain things like that, you know. Okay? I'm going to finish this, but this is very important. This has a lot to do with my segment, you know. Stop using your color for a curse because I'm going somewhere with this. This is Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ, Real Talk. Joseph Brownlee here. I will talk to you all tomorrow and I will finish up on this very important teaching. But I'm going to try to keep it a little shorter this time because I do want to conclude it, Lord's willing, so I can get to the point, you know, for solutions that can help us to get our mind changing to what it's supposed to be, you know, far as that. God bless you all. I hope you enjoyed this. If not, I'm sorry. You know, I just, you know, I don't know why because I just, I'm just trying to help here. You know, the ones that need this help and I'll put my glasses on here in these situations okay there's a lot of things out there why black men and black women believe about their color their ethnicity they've been fed so much from the party that the majority of blacks vote for. Let me say that again. The black community has been fed so much of the stuff that they believe today and they don't even know that because they've done it slowly but surely. They've done it slowly but surely. Okay? About their own race. Okay? And we believed it. And a lot of them still believe it today. Now they even unconsciously, even the ones that's finding out what's really going on, still is going a vote to vote Democrat. All that person have to do that beat you up 
that put all these lockdowns on you, that tuck this from you, tuck that from you. All they got to do is run again and then make another false promise what they're going to do for the black people. They, people always say, well, they don't, they don't trust the Republicans. The Republicans never talked about helping the black people, you know. No, they don't. And I think they need to do a little better than that. But what the Republican and the conservative people believe is the people, black and white. They just don't make it clear enough because most of them are stuck into politics now. See? But the original, let me get to the original because you got a lot of fake ones out there, Republicans now. Let's get to the original Republicans. What they really stand for. All the things that I named. Now, some of the things have been added in both parties. See? Good and bad. Some things have been added, but the real definitions in a breakdown of conservative and liberal or Republican and Democrat, okay? You know? Now, what I want you to understand, you know, you might have some liberals vote Republican, you might have some conservatives vote Democrat, but I bet you it's the reason they do it is because it's, it's, it follows somewhat of what they believe morally, okay? But the majority of the time, liberals are going to vote Democrat, Conservatives is going to vote Republican. Now, I'm talking about the traditional Republicans. You have the old traditional Democrats in the days of Kennedy and before that. You had some good, decent Democrats. They still had their certain beliefs and, you know, certain things. But, you know, Kennedy and all them, they were strong Democrats. And I ain't talking about Lyndon Johnson, okay? Now, Joe, why are you getting into politics, man? I thought, I'm trying to bring it all together, the church politics and everything, so I can give you a broad view. This is not about politics, but you cannot leave it out. It comes all together for your in your belief. You know, I'm going to get into things, you know, about the color of our skin. How do, why, do, why, do, why do we feel the way we feel about the color of our skin? That's what I'm building it, building it up to. We've been programmed. This is what I'm trying to get to. We have been programmed. The majority of blacks have been programmed. So programmed that when you hear another black man or black woman say something different than what you was programmed to believe, you call them ignorantly because you don't know the history of Uncle Tom or Uncle Tom. Because you don't know no better. You was programmed. You was traditionally program from years from elementary all the way up if you went through college or whatever you we were programmed we was <coughs> we was hoodwinked Malcolm X even talked about that and I don't even go with the teachers of Malcolm X but he makes a lot of sense if you make a sense and you tell us some truth man I'm for you because truth is truth like I said you can't you can't change the truth to a lie. He knew it. He broke it down. Look at some of his pictures when he talked about liberals. He talked about liberals and conservatives. Because all conservatives are not good and all liberals are not bad. Let me say that again. All conservatives are not good and all liberals are not bad. But today, what you have now is the far left and far right. You know, or the middle right. So when you hear the term left, left always means liberal. Right out mostly always mean Republican or conservative. Left views is considered Democrat. Right views are considered Republican. Okay? You have those in our race, blacks. They're either a liberal or they're either a conservative. 
They're either a liberal or they're either conservative. I'm going to give you two probably figures that you probably know. And then I'm going to get off politics and get into something else later on. Joy Reid, one of the so-called journalists, I think it's MSNBC, Joy Reid, a black woman, beautiful black woman, Joy Reid. If you listen to Joy Reid or you listen to MSNBC, period, not only Joy Reid, I'm just using her because she's a black woman, but Joy Reid, if you listen to MSNBC and Joy Reid, you are getting fed by a liberal point of view without you even knowing because a lot of you don't even know what liberal means. It's a liberal or even a far left. So all liberals are not far left. Don't get me wrong. All liberals are not far left. You're getting taught nine times out of ten. Well, it's probably ten out of ten now because they really going far left. A liberal point of view. The, the, the liberal, what I was just explaining, point of view. A lot of people listen to Joy Reid probably because she's black. A lot of black people because she's black. Color. Remember, we're back on color because she's black. Not because she's telling the truth and making sense just because she's black. But you like Joy Reid because of her. Or MSNBC because of what they spit to you, what they feed to you. Okay? But if you go on the other side, Fox News... And they have a black woman on Fox News. Her views is going to, nine times out of ten, is going to be conservative. And I explain what conservative is. Mostly her views are going to be conservative. Most liberal views spend a lot of time putting down Republicans and conservative views. Saying it's not right, it's wrong, it's evil, whatever. They want to hurt you, they want to kill you, they want you to drink dirty water and like shine, you know, and all them stuff. They have a very hateful, uh, a hateful, you know, uh, ways towards conservative. Even a black liberal hate a black conservative. But a black conservative don't hate a black liberal. Let me say that again. Most black liberals, nah, maybe is that too much of me saying most? A big chunk of black liberals hate black conservatives. And a big chunk of black conservatives, though, don't hate black liberals. They just hate their ideology. They just hate their theology. They just hate their doctrine because they know it's hurtful. You understand what I'm saying? Look at Joy Reid. Joy Reid is spitting out a lot of left-wing liberal terminology or teaching. Okay? Joy Reid. On the other hand, Fox News, when they got, just say a guest like, uh, because there's not many blacks on Fox News, which is a negativity. You know, I don't even watch Fox no more. But I'm just going to say a guest like a Candace Owens. I know a lot of you probably heard of a Candace Owens. And I don't listen to Candace Owens all the time. She's very intelligent, but I I just feel she having experiences enough. A lot of her stuff is head knowledge. She's bold now. And, I, you know, I, I like what she's doing, but, I, you know, far as that, I just think she's going too far. And a lot of her stuff is head knowledge. It's not because she experienced it. She know a lot of knowledge about different things when it comes to the truth of black people, history. But I think it's a lot of head knowledge. There's nothing wrong with head knowledge. But when you when you stand up, it's, it's nothing like having some experience in something. Uh, my point is, if you listen to Candace Owens compared to Joy Reid, Joy Reid don't like Candace Owens, you know. 
She don't like Candace Owens because Candace Owens has a conservative look on life. She has a conservative moral look on life. That's not cool with a black liberal. So, you know, I'm using no. Al Shopton is a political liberal. Jesse Jackson is a political liberal. They believe in social justice. They believe in, you know, uh, they believe in social justice. They believe in black equality. They believe in a lot of things. So their focus is mostly on the black man and helping the black people. But at the same time, they get sucked up and they're getting wealthy helping white people. So they're hypocrites. Okay, they're hypocrites. So I'm just letting you know the difference. Liberal, Al Shopton, Democrat liberal, Jesse Jackson. Democrat liberal, you know, when you think a liberal, just think of abortions, you know, just think of same-sex marriage, watering down the Bible, you know, you had a lot of, a lot of Catholics that are liberal, do you have a lot of Catholics that are conservative? You can know the difference because a lot of Catholic conservatives is against abortion, do you got your liberal conservatives are for abortion? That's the difference. See, that's the difference. But I'm just talking about black people now. In the church, you got liberal and conservatives. But I believe most black people are conservative because they was brought up in the church and, and godly morals. Most black people is conservative. And they don't even know their word a lot of. And I'm not saying they're dumb, but they are. Some of them know they're conservative and they believe in the morals of conservatism. But they still vote Democrat because they believe Democrats are for black people. So it's back on the color, the victimhood. They don't see that in the Republican Party. Okay, I'm going to get into off that now. But when I get back, I'm going to conclude it and come up with some solutions. I'm going to talk about a few other things, you know, what's going on with the young blacks. But I'm going to do this and I'm going to come back and I'm going to hit a few more points and I'm going to conclude it because a lot of you probably tired of hearing this. But it's nothing that's true. It's never something you can do in 10, 15, and 30 minutes or even an hour. Because there's so much that we have to learn. God bless you. This is Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ, Real Talk. Love y'all. Until then, I'll talk to you then. Love y'all. Peace out with my baby left. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions. And it's because that occasional shave really hurts the time of year for big occasions and yet there he is suffering with that cheap drugstore razor let's help him out henson shavings line of razors built with aerospace precision deliver a smooth shave your dad brother and even son can enjoy eventually with replacement blades just 10 cents each you'll buy it once and they'll use it for life how's that for the perfect gift celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase and no subscription headaches henson shaving.com slash holiday